provides a close device IED probe to place down the canal running along the perimeter of each kayak. This was ISIS or the Taliban performing an IED test run. We reported this to our chain of command. Days later, we received word to be on the lookout for two vehicle-borne IEDs, described as a gold or white Corolla and a green Mazda convertible. Around 2 a.m. on August 26th, intel guys confirmed the suicide bomber in the vicinity of and nearing Abbey Gate. Described as clean-shaven, brown-dressed, black vest, and traveling with an older companion. I asked the intel guys why he wasn't apprehended sooner since we had a full description. I was told the asset could not be compromised. Throughout the entirety of the day on August 26, 2021, we disseminated the suicide bomber information to ground forces at Abbey Gate. He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. The older of the two wore a black silky hijab that was covering his face most of the time. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an ID attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor. Came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother, born with American passports. They told us five told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two-foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. <clears throat> I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. <clears throat> a crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm, completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. I crawled backwards seven feet, roughly seven feet because I thought I was still in harm's way. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. <clears throat> I tried to get up but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me, his voice, <clears throat> his voice calling to me, kept me awake. All right, welcome back. It's Monday. When I've said to you multiple times on this show that the government does not care about you, if that doesn't drive home that point, I don't know what else will. They know somebody's a suicide bomber. They're asking to engage, to protect innocent lives as well as American soldiers' lives. They can't get an answer. Nobody gives them the authorization to take these people out ahead of time. And instead, 
we have a situation where we have to bring home dead service members. This is why I tell you all the time, do not be fooled that this government and these people love you and are looking out for your best interests. Because if they're not willing to do what is right by the people that are willing to defend this country, they could care less about you. This young man almost lost his life. And I trimmed that down. That was about uh, a five-minute segment. I trimmed down the audio because there were periods where for 30 seconds, he just merely tried to compose himself and kept sniffling, wiping his eyes, just trying to regain control of his emotions so he could finish testifying or finish giving his statement. Do not be fooled that the government does things in your best interests because they certainly do not have your interests at heart. They have their interests at heart. You are expendable as that just has shown you. Sorry that we have to start this episode off this way. I was thinking about it all weekend, just how shameful it is that this poor Marine has to sit up there and tell this story, knowing he could have saved the people. You see, that to me, that's what I think bothers him more than anything, is he had the opportunity to avoid that situation and was denied that opportunity and had to face that, and that became his reality that I had my moment We could have prevented this, and instead people came home in body bags and others severely injured like himself. Joe Biden owns that. His lack of leadership that has spilled over into the U.S. military that is more concerned with wokeness than they are with actually training our military soldiers with doing what is right causes these types of situations. So Joe Biden can own that one. That's all I got to say on that. All right, Friday. One of the biggest things that was happening on Friday was the uh, SVB financial institution that is going belly up. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank announced that they are People can't get their deposits. There was a run on the bank. People wanted their money. And because of their um, lack of good judgment in what they are investing in, the bank obviously did not survive. Now, I think under certain circumstances, and I'm going to get deep into this one, but I think under certain circumstances, most people will be like, okay, well, it's a smaller bank. And so what? You know, it's, it, it invested poorly. Didn't get good return on its investment. It's a type of bank that relies heavily on deposits more than investments. And once people stop making so much deposits, you know, financially, they begin to struggle. So they mismanaged everything and they're shutting down. Why do we care? Okay, well, let's start here. Silicon Valley Bank commits to $5 billion in sustainable finance and carbon neutral operations to support a healthier planet. Okay, that's on, that was on their uh, main page. You know, being in Silicon Valley, what else would you expect? I don't think you could expect anything less than that in that particular area. Just um, not but a few days beforehand, 
there may be less than two weeks actually I think it was I think it was a little over that uh, beforehand the company CEO Greg Becker sold off 3.6 million dollars worth of company shares uh, under a trading plan <laughs> I mean so he knew the writing was on the wall quietly they knew that the bank was going down since all of this happened they are looking for somebody to purchase the bank they're going to put it up for sale to see if somebody will come in and save them uh, what usually will happen in an instance like this is one of the larger banks will absorb them, knocking one of these smaller banks out. Now, this is a smaller bank, but it's not like it's the smallest bank in the world. It did carry some weight. It was definitely part of the whole ESG scenario, which is why they're in the situation that they are in. Uh, people are unfortunately going to be in a lot more trouble than I think initially reported. Because that bank, 93% of people that were making deposits there, that bank is not backed and insured through the federal government. You know, you always have that insurance up to 50000 or up to 200000 or whatnot. Well, this one is not. So 93% of people that have their money in that bank, you're just going to lose your money. That's a big problem. Uh, so first and foremost, I would say to you, and I'm, this is just personal advice. I'm obviously not a financial advisor, but I would certainly want to make sure that if you have some good advice to pass along to people, you should. You definitely want to bank with a bank that shares your values, first of all. You don't want to bank with a bank that's like this, that's completely against everything that you believe in. You don't want to put your money into that bank and help support those causes. So you want to do that first and foremost. And then you need to look for a bank that your money is insured and see what it is insured up to. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know your situation any better than you know mine. But uh, if I'm talking to somebody that has lots of money and each account uh, or each, yeah, his account is only $50,000 that they'll, um, that they'll guarantee you back then the smart move there would be to open an account in your name and maybe in your wife's name and maybe go check out a separate bank that has the same scenario going around and move your money around where if worst case scenario, something like that did happen, you are able to go get your your money. Now, your resources are still available to you. They're insured up to that amount. So you don't lose in the situation. That's one thing that I would suggest. Another thing, and obviously I am not paid. I don't do any commercials for this. This is not a commercial ad. Um, you hear them, I'm sure, all the time. Invest in gold and silver, invest in gold and silver. And I know that a lot of people are probably like, yeah, I have to be honest with you. I began doing, I began to protect myself years ago. Let's put it that way. I suggest you do the same. There's nothing more comforting in the back of your mind than having that available in a safe somewhere. You, know, you have a safe in your house and you want to get, uh, if I was you, I would say 10 to 15% of what you have in your savings right now, you'd probably want to transition that into gold or silver. Like I said, this is not a commercial. It's just a physical asset that you can hold in your hand that if the dollar fails, the world has always moved on gold and silver. Always. That has been currency since the beginning of time. Currency has to be backed by something. That is what 
everybody's currency is backed by. Look what Russia did before they invaded Ukraine. They bought up a ton of gold, anticipating they were going to have some problems with their, with their dollar. What's China doing right now? China's buying up massive amounts of gold right now, doing the same game that Russia did. Well, who are they looking like they're about to invade? They're looking like they're about to invade Taiwan right now. Who's the only company, I mean, who's the only country not buying up gold right now? Oh, that's right. Us, of course. We're not buying it up. I, my advice to you would be able, would be to make sure that you, uh, diversify, you know, your money and your portfolio and have some tangible assets in your possession. That's my advice to you. You know, it doesn't mean that to go out and get crazy and spend everything you got on it, but it would be a smart idea uh, to go purchase gold and silver, put it in a, in a safe somewhere, and you want to be smart about how you purchase it. You don't need to go out there and buy a big block of gold like you watch in the Wild West or getting these big, beautiful blocks of gold out of the ground. No, no. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that could be used as a currency. I'm talking about very small denominations. I think you can go get little grams or five grams, one gram, five grams, three grams, whatever they are. And I don't even know what they cost right now, to be honest, 100% honest with you. But whatever they are, 70, 80 bucks, that's somewhere around what they are. You want to hold on to that because if the dollar collapses, your gold is going to be worth a whole lot more than 70 or 80 bucks. You know, that one gram may be worth three or $400. That one gram in your hand might afford you a week or two weeks worth of groceries that you can trade off and say, hey, I'm going to give you this, but I need to go in here and I'm going to go, we're going to do shop till you drop type deal. Yeah, I'm going to get everything I can out of this place. I'm go stock my house with food. So be smart. Uh, going deeper into the whole bank situation. It, I think there's a much... Everybody's focused on that it's an ESG, that the government may bail them out because it gets, you know, the government has a bad habit of doing that for their buddies. They like to bail them out. So I think everybody's worried more, and the focus is more on that, that, oh my God, someone's going to purchase some and buy them out, or somebody is going to bail them out. But I think it gets a whole lot deeper than that personally. I'm going to give you my opinion on it. Maybe right, maybe wrong, but here we go. All right. I What I think now is... This is part of a long-term plan that the globalists have in, in, in mind. And what you see here is, as I just told you, because you, that, that particular bank hasn't, it doesn't back 93% of who was banking there, your money wasn't backed. You lost your money. I think this is where they start to really push hard on digital currency. I think this is where they say, hey, look, you know, you guys were at a bank and uh, that bank didn't insure you, you know, but we're the federal government. You know, you don't have to worry about that with us. We have the money. We can print the money. We have the money. That's where I think this is going to end up going. Uh, I think it's going to be something much bigger. I think it's going to be a push towards digital currency. There are, they have been working steadily on going to a digital currency. So I think their plan is to use this as an example, as a selling tool to the American people that, hey, it would be much smarter if we had a digital dollar that your funds are always readily available to you and you get away from these financial institutions that could be mismanaging, even though it was in there, it was 
it was for their cause, but they're going to, you know, they're going to twist this and, and try to make it work in their favor. They're going to say that was mismanaging your funds and ultimately you lost your money. Well, that doesn't happen with Uncle Sammy because Uncle Sammy's got your money and don't you worry about it. It's always there. That's what I think they're going to try to do here. I have zero interest in a digital currency. Zero. The way I read digital currency is simply, you are tracking me. You will know every single thing that I do. People want to call us conspiracy theorists. That's fine. I've been called a conspiracy theorist for years. And it's a funny thing that I'm still being called a conspiracy theorist, even though everything that we have talked about, that I've talked to you about, that i talked to people about personally, has all come true. And the light has shined through and shown everybody that everything that we have ever said pertaining to anything with the government, 99% of the time is actually true. Like anybody else, we are entitled to have some views that maybe didn't turn out to be what we thought they were going to be. But for the most part, everything has been true up to this point. So call me a conspiracy theorist, but I believe they want to track us. Imagine how, imagine what your freedom looks like when they know everywhere you spend money at. Everywhere. They know what you're buying at all times. They know what your bills are. They know what you're making. There is no under under the table cash anymore. <laughs> there is no, I'm going to go do a side job with a couple guys. We're getting paid cash. I'm going to make a few hundred extra bucks. That, that doesn't exist anymore. They know everything, which means they control you. Look at how upset they were with people who didn't share the same opinions they had. If they're the ones that are in control of your digital asset, your digital money, if they're in control of it, what is to stop them if they disagree with you? What is to stop them from shutting your bank account down and saying, oh, sorry, we are either seizing or we're putting a, uh, a freeze on your account and you're not allowed to have access to your money? Now, what are you going to do? Digital currency is the most dangerous idea from the left that we are facing right now. I know we could argue the point on that all day long. We could argue and say that, well, the push for the transgender and the push for the alphabet community and all that is equally as bad. Yeah, that's bad. We can fight that. I get it. But when I lose my freedom, because now they have control of my freedom, if they implement digital currency... You are at the mercy of your master. If you're misbehaving, you're going to get penalized for it. I mean, I just, even if, let's say, that part of it, you say I'm crazy and Joe, they would never do that, Joe. They would never do that, which, (laughs) oh man, listen, labeling a uh, parent that goes to a teacher board school meeting to talk about what you're trying to educate our children with, especially when it's the nonsense that they've been putting in school and they label you as a terrorist and they sick the FBI on you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you when you tell me you wouldn't do that with digital currency, but maybe some people would, maybe some people aren't paying attention and they just don't care. I don't know. And let's put that to the side. I don't like the idea that I'm being tracked I don't like the idea, even if, even if you, like I said, you think I'm a conspiracy theorist, they would never do any of that, okay, that they're just going to, I don't like the idea that you're tracking me. 
I don't like the idea that you know every single thing that I do. I don't like that idea. I'm sorry. I don't like that you know if I like to frequent a particular, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts. And I go there because the coffee at that particular one is much better than the one down the road. So I tend to go to that particular one. They're going to know what you buy, where you shop at. What, I mean, this is not. This doesn't end well for us. This is a stripping of our freedom, of our privacy. I, I don't agree with it. But I think they're going to use this. I'm going to go back now. I've said what I had to say there, but I do believe they're going to use this as a stepping stone because you can't just use this one example and dive in. They know better than that. You know, this is a long-term plan. They've been they've been steadily working this direction since FDR. They, these so little socialists running around in here have been going and going and going, and they are pushing right now with everything that they have because they think this is their opportune moment and this is the moment to seize. They're going to use this bank as a stepping stone to continue to push their agenda forward, and they're going to try to implement digital currency. I guarantee it. Again, just my personal point of view. It's what I think may happen. You can agree or disagree, but I think personally that's the direction that they're trying to head in. I hope I'm wrong. Kind of like Greta Thunberg. <laughs> well, well, well it, we today was a little bit uh, tough day on here because a lot of messed up stuff happened over the weekend. But uh, like Greta Thunberg on Saturday, Jack Pasek posted a screenshot of a now deleted tweet from 2018 where Greta Thunberg, which uh, linked to an article predicting humans would go extinct by the year 2023 due to climate change. A top climate change scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years, Thumburn posted uh, in a tweet that she sent out in 2018. Well, ironically, she de- she deleted that tweet. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Why did she delete the tweet? Oh my God. I mean, is it like every other prediction from the Democratic Party? Look, these extreme lefties and libtards, I mean, we're at a point here where every single time that they have predicted that the world is going to end because of some type of climate disaster, we have always gone past it. Uh, the first ones really truly started in, what, in the 80s and then the 90s and then 2000 and then 2010 and then 2020. This one's 2023. They're telling you by 2030. Uh, it's... It's ridiculous because we just continually pass on by them. If people actually studied history or paid attention a little bit, they would know that every prediction from these climate crazies has never, ever come to fruition. Ever. And it would be good for the people to could be good for people to know and keep account of it. So that way, the next time they try to scare the hell out of you and tell you that in 10 years you're going to be dead and the whole world's going to be on fire and we're all going to be gone, you can look back and go, uh, they've said that like for the last 60 years and we're, we're kind of still here. So you, you might not want to listen to them at that point. You might just say, yeah, yeah, better. I'll, I'll make my own judgment there. I, did, I do love that she actually was conscious enough to go back and say, oh, I might want to erase this because 
obviously it didn't work out the way I had hoped. I, I guess I scared enough people, but now they're going to see I'm a fraud as I am for all my photo ops that I do and people carrying me out of places because I'm protesting. I, you know what? I feel bad for the poor girl. I really do. You, if, if it was actually real, I think right now she just loves the attention and I don't even know how much of it she truly believes or not, but if she does believe it, the way she acts like she believes it, if she really does, I feel bad that you're living in that much fear that you're going to die from this threat that you could never stop. You'll, you will never get the world to zero carbon emissions. Never. If you do, we're going to have to depopulate the planet by about, I don't know, two thirds, which Democrats and globalists would be okay with. We're going to have to go back to not using electric, okay? <laughs> no automobiles, no plane travel, wherever you're at, you're just going to have to stay there and we're not going to put out, you know, any more carbon. So that way the world will survive while we will perish and die. I mean, that's the only way you're getting to a net zero. It's all a big fantasy. It's all a big lie. And if you're buying into it and you're drinking the Kool-Aid, let me be the first one to tell you, break your poor little heart. It ain't never going to happen. So just at that point, accept your fate and party like a rock star. If you got 10 years left, get everything on your bucket list done. By the time that 10 years comes up and guess what? You're going to get a great surprise at the end. They're going to be, wow, you didn't die. They moved it back another 10 years, which gives you 10 more years to do even more on your bucket list. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Simply amazing. Oh, and then this... This nonsense here, I just... Okay, well, Jane Fonda's an idiot. If you're older and you listen to me and, you know, Jane Fonda was somebody in back in the day that uh, you thought was specials and person or whatnot. Well, she, uh, she pretty much calls for pro-life politicians to be murdered. And at first she said it as a joke and they even tried to... Well, you know what? You listen to it. Why me tell why tell you when I could just let you listen to it? Here it is. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Yeah. When, the, the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking, yeah. and, and and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But I'm I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run with it. Worst. She's Joking. just kidding. It's well. Let me talk to you about. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism, which is... Yeah. I, I got to tell you, The View in general, what a trash show. <laughs> what I, I don't even know who watches it. I don't know what their viewership is. What a trash show to watch. You, if you watch The View, you just want to be miserable with them because that's just a miserable group of ladies that just are, are literally there to outrage everybody. Anyways, going back to Jane Fonda. When she said the remark about murder, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and take that too seriously. I got to be honest with you. You say something stupid like that. Yeah, okay. It is what it is. You see that they were trying to like soften the blow. Oh my God, the right's going to pick up on this and then they're going to run it to death. 
if you could see the video part of it, you would see Jay Fon- Jane Fonda's face, and she looked very serious. And even after they tried to dismiss it as a joke with a little bit of uncomfortable laughter, because you could see it in their faces like, oh, she shouldn't have said that. That's not going to be good. Yeah, Jane Fonda kept making a serious face and looking at them like, no, I'm dead serious. I don't know the type of person she is. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna judge her by that one comment, that wouldn't be fair. Uh, I don't really care much about Jane Fonda. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, as far as the murder comment, one thing that I can say is with all of the violence that's going on in the United States right now, that's probably a little bit of a reckless comment to make because there are crazy people that will take that to heart and maybe actually try to go kill somebody. So. I don't think she should make comments like that, joking or not joking. It's a free country. You could say whatever you want, but it may be the trigger word that somebody needed to hear to go create a heinous act and actually take somebody's life. You, you just never know. There, there's too many people's. Li- there's too many people listening. This is a show that obviously influences a lot of insane people because you have to be insane to watch the show, uh, and you never know. Uh, that might be the one thing that one of them crazies needed to hear. Now they're, they're going to be hell bent on killing somebody. So I think it's a little reckless that she said that, you know, I am pro first amendment, so I'm not going to say you have to stop her from saying it, but I do think that that was reckless and she probably shouldn't have went down that route, but you know, you can never tell a lefty that or a crazy that cause she looked a little crazy herself. I mean, when you, when you got purple hair and if you're a conservative with purple hair, sorry, I'm gonna call you out right now. Okay. If you got purple hair, normally that's a, that's an, uh, to me, that's a sign. If you walk by and your hair is purple or your hair is blue, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to label you immediately as some type of creep liberal. I'm I'm just, that's just how I see you because 99.999% of the people that you see that are insane on any social media platform talking about the craziest stuff are people with pink and blue hair. So if, if you're doing the pink, purple, blue hair, yeah, yeah, I'm, you're already, sorry, I got a, a predetermined uh, thought about you already set up. Uh, and Jane Fonda had purple hair. I don't, I mean, listen, you know what? Age is beautiful. It really is. I know it sucks to get old. I get it. I'm getting there myself. You know, I'm getting to the half century mark here Not uh, not too long in the future. And I get it, you know, the gray hair, the aches and pains, in my case, the no hair. Uh, but for women, just age beautifully. You're beautiful. Just age, age the way you are. Don't go get nips and tucks and injections and dyeing your hair until it's fried and it looks like sticks on top of your head. Rock your salt and pepper hair. Because if you were beautiful without it, you're still going to be beautiful with it. And you know what? There's something that'd be said when you see an older woman that it looks exactly like she looked when she was younger, that you could just see it in her face and that they have not altered themselves in any way, shape, or form. You look at them, and to me anyways, I'm like, good for her. She's amazing. I love it. You didn't have to go out there and give in to society and say, oh, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get my turkey neck pulled, and I'm going to have my face pulled back so it looks like uh, when, I, when I smile, my eyelids blink because my skin's so tight, and I'm going to dye my hair at 80-something years old, brown or black or red, like it's actually that color. I mean, come. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. You're gorgeous. Let it go white. It is what it is. Hey, 
thank the Lord you lived as long as you did. Okay, because there's so many people that don't have that blessing to live that long. So thank God that you're 80 and you're rocking your 80 hairdo. That yeah, my hair's white. I got nice long white hair, and I'm proud. Okay, because you lived a long time and you're doing well. All right, that's it for me on this Monday. I hope you uh, like what you're hearing. If you do, please break and review me. It's always great help. If you'd like to contact me, go to the uh, contact section on my website, littlejoecc.com. You can send me a message. I will respond. I do my best to respond to everybody, uh, unless it's hate mail. And sometimes if I'm feeling pretty good and I'm just wanting to fight with somebody, I may actually respond. So if you're thinking about sending me some hate mail, come on with it. Because you might be the one that I actually engage with and we can go back and forth. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, I hope you have a beautiful Monday. We 